Welcome to the Spring Hills podcast. And today we've got stage three of our Next Steps podcast for small group leaders. And we have a guest today who has been on the podcast before. So far, we've only had first timers as part of the Next Steps podcast, right? That's right. Um, so we had Nanine in stage one. Um, and then, uh, oh my gosh. Doug. Was stayed, Doug was, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. We're going to do our um, our basketball podcast soon with Doug. Nice. Um, not really, but I hope so. Uh, so today we have Jess Pryor, who was on when we did our missions uh, podcast, and she is part of InterVarsity, and she explained that on the podcast prior, but we're going to have you explain it a little bit more uh, today just to remind people what it is that you do with InterVarsity. And then in a few minutes, I will hand it over to our, uh, our co-host here, Gerilyn, and she will take over the conversation. But Jess, why don't you remind us who you are, what your job is with InterVarsity, and what exactly InterVarsity, uh, what the ministry is. Yeah, yeah. So my name is Jessica. I work for InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. Um, for I've worked for InterVarsity for the past six years. As um, Sorry, I'm moving her microphone yeah. up to her face <laughs> as she's talking. It's not you can always start right? over, too, if you Go want ahead. to cut that. <laughs> yes, I work for InterVarsity. It's a campus ministry, um, a national campus ministry. And so for, the, for about five years or six years, I was a campus staff member, which is basically um, a campus minister in a way. And so I was geared specifically towards fraternities and sororities at Sonoma State University. And so it was my core job to help students learn how to... Um, lead Bible studies in their chapters. Mm. And so a big goal of ours was um, to have every Greek or fraternity and sorority student one friend away from knowing Jesus. So we'd want, we were really aiming for um, a Bible study in every chapter. Um, and so I did that for about six years. And then in this year, um, in 2020, I transitioned into uh, a role as an assistant director for our national team. And so now I'm in charge of creating Bible studies and training resources for students across the country, specifically for fraternity and sorority students. And so that is my job now. But I've spent a lot of time leading Bible studies for students um, when I was a student and also as a staff. And so, I mean, collectively, that's over six years of leading Bible studies. So, cool. um, And you also, yeah. what if people don't know this um, from the last time, you're on the podcast. You are one of the missionaries that we support mm -hmm. at Spring Hills. Yes. So we, we that's why we brought you on last time because yeah. we did mm -hmm. a missions podcast and talked about the different ministries that we support around the world. Um, now, while you're not that far away, you're <laughs> here in Sonoma County, you are a missionary and we are, uh, we do support you as, uh, as a church here. So now I'm going to hand this over because we are on stage three. So now that you know a little bit about Jess, uh, do you want to do you want me to stop calling you Jess and call you Jessica? Because you did say you were Jessica. And now oh, I just realized either, either is fine. <laughs> Interchangeable. Sometimes people are like, no, don't call me that. I know some people that are like, I don't like I it when people shorten my name. I'm like, I'm sorry, Douglas. My bad. Um, Roberto. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, yeah, sure. No, that's fine. Uh, so my co-host, Gerilyn, is going to take over now for stage awesome. three of our Next Steps podcast. Go ahead, Jer. Yeah, just quick review that last week uh, we talked about stage two with Doug, and that is the seeker stage. So people who uh, don't necessarily have this really abrasive um, relationship with God where they have no interest in him, or there's it's not people who know next to nothing about him. It's people who something has sparked their interest, or they're maybe circling back to things that they learned when they were a kid and they're beginning to ask questions. And then this third stage that we brought Jess in to discuss with us today is when they really start to 
land and and say that the the they're excited about the answers to the questions that are provided to them through Jesus. And uh, it's called the New Believers Stage. And I want to hesitate from identifying it with this specific moment where someone prays a prayer. I think that those moments are beautiful and you don't have to, we don't want to um, trivialize them at all. But this is really, a, sometimes it's hard to pin down the exact moment when someone is like, I think maybe Jesus is who he says he was. And then is like, no, I think, yeah, Jesus, it seems, it makes sense to me. Jesus was who he said he was. And so um, that's the kind of different stage that we're talking about today. These people, um, the next stage is the follower stage. And so these people might not quite be in a position where they are living out um, their, uh, decision to follow Jesus in a day-to-day basis. They're still maybe learning what that even looks like. Uh, but it's really exciting to just talk about what people who are in this stage where they've transitioned to really believing that Jesus is who he says he is and they're brand new Christians, brand new born again Christians. Uh, what does it look like first of all, to recognize that that's where they are? Um, cause it's easy to blend in, in a lot of different settings and we're sometimes tempted to act like, yeah, 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 yeah I totally know what you're talking about when we, you don't type of thing. And then, um, we also want to talk about how we can care for those kinds of people and how we can challenge them to get into that fourth stage to become a follower of Jesus. And one of the main reasons that I was so excited to bring Jessica today, <laughs> it's Jess, <laughs> I'm so sorry, <laughs> Jessica, and then <laughs> maybe not that one. You're like, no, don't do that. <laughs> we found the line <laughs> and you've crossed it. That's good. That's what I was looking for. I just needed the line. <laughs> but um, Jess is here partially because we've been in conversation um, for a while now about what it might look like to shift in the ways that we equip our small group leaders here. And one of the reasons I was so excited to glean wisdom from Jess is because she has been in a position of equipping others for quite a few years, just like she was discussing. So there's a difference between leading a Bible study and leading people to lead Bible Mm -hmm. studies. And so we'll talk about that in later stages six and seven, where you have people who lead and are operating in their spiritual gifts, but then you also have people who lead leaders and they help people who have similar spiritual gifts as they do and help them learn what it looks like to do that. So after all of that rambling, (laughs) one of the main reasons that we have uh, Jess here is because that's a role that she has played. And I think it's just amazing that we have you in our church family. And um, as you're listening, you might be somebody that your heart just um, really beats for campus ministry and for people who are in a college stage where they, so many of them are making this transition for the first time of really owning something maybe that they heard, but now they're owning it. Um, and you might want to reach out to Jess and see what it might look like to be even more involved with her ministry here as a missionary <laughs> in Sonoma County. So let let me know and I can definitely connect you with her. Um, but Jess, basically, I'll, I'll just open the floor for you. What is What are the things that you have seen um, in students that have been in this stage where they're like first transitioning from stage two to stage three to become a believer and really own that? I think there's still a lot of seeking in that stage. Oh, that's good. You know, so it's like, and I think there's different types of new believers too. Like there's mm. people that have literally just raised their hand in the crowd and said, I want to follow Jesus for the first time. And then there's people that have a, have a church background and are like thinking that they 
want to get back into their faith and want to follow Jesus again. Mm -hmm. And then there's like more nominal people that just are like, have been in the church and haven't really done much and they're not really following Jesus. Mm -hmm. They, they kind of know a little bit about him, but I would still kind of put those people in the new believers category because it's like our, our actions and have not yet kind of aligned with what we believe. And so I think it just depends on that person. But I think each in each stage, there is a seeking of for answers still. Mm, and it's good. like, I know who Jesus is, sort of. I know of this. I'm interested. I identify as Christian, but I'm not really quite sure what to do next. It's kind of like I always picture the person who's like raised their hand in church to accept Jesus. And then you go back to campus or home or whatever. And then you're like, now what? <laughs> now right. what do I do? And so it's kind of like that. Now, now what? Hmm. And that's kind of how I picture people in this stage. I don't know if that answers your question. That it reminds that. me yeah. of being a musician because you can get <laughs> to a point with like if you learn an instrument, anybody who's tried to learn an instrument or if you've just learned, I mean, anything you learn, you can get to a, a point where it's like you, okay, you've, you're past the beginner stage. Yeah. But now it's like, well, what's next to get to the next stage? Like you can, I said for the longest time, like I'm a, I'm a mediocre guitar player. <laughs> and I just kind of stayed a mediocre guitar player for a long time where it was just kind of like, I don't know the next step to take. It's training for anything, right? And we mm -hmm. the, the recurring theme here has been that the seeker step is kind of always, is within all of these steps. Like yeah. even when, and and yes, Gerilyn did ruin the magic, so you hear about this. We already recorded stage seven, everybody, <laughs> um, with with Pastor and Brett. Five. And we, <laughs> and we talked we talked to Pastor Brett about how Pastor Brett is still a seeker. Yeah, and he's still seeking more and more and more. And that's, I mean, that's part of what he's doing as a pastor is he's still going to learn from other pastors. He listens to uh, Mark Lloyd-Jones, who, uh, I mean, well, it's 50s and 60s, right? It's I mean, amazing. Yeah, it's, I well, mean, he it's, is it's, amazing, it's, though. Martin, Martin Lloyd-Jones <laughs> is a great, he's a great teacher. And, uh, and Brett still, like, he listens to him and he just soaks it up and he's yeah. still seeking from people that have... Uh, that have that have learned more about scripture and more about God than he has, and he's just going to keep trying to soak it up, and it just doesn't stop being a seeker. So, yeah, yeah that my musician thing maybe that fell flat, but no, that's you good. know you get what I mean. Well, and then it I fell B flat. It fell no B natural. <laughs> <laughs> I um, it's a really cool thing to hear that be acknowledged too, because I think that's a way that you can care for people who are in a new believer stage is really help them understand that you never stop seeking mm -hmm. you never like there's an end even people who supposedly they might be intimidated because i don't know as much as this person um it's like that person is still seeking too that person doesn't mm -hmm. have all the answers to everything um uh, and then i like it sounds to me a lot just like uh you're pointing out that idea that you have to be careful about making assumptions about new believers mm -hmm. i think we we've talked in each stage a little bit about how careful you have to be um, to not assume things that are going to come across in your conversation with them that will make them feel discouraged or missed or anything like that. So you yeah. might, you don't want to just, if you can, when you identify someone as a new believer, you don't want to be like, oh, they know nothing about God. Because <laughs> some of them may have been going to church for their entire life. And mm -hmm. it's just now that they're transitioning. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I think I even identifying, sometimes even asking people, you know, where are you at? <laughs> like just kind of yeah. being a little bit direct and being like, you know, what's your what's your relationship with Jesus like? What is your experience, you know, as a Christian? You know, what's your background? It has always been a really good question, like starting question for me. I like Because it gives a lot of information about where people are at. And a lot of times people will just self-identify hmm. and be like, I don't really know much. Or they'll be like, hey, I know a bit, but I'm really torn with this really hard question. And yeah. that's really keeping me from following Jesus. And so you can really, you can really separate, you know, 
where people are at kind of just by asking. That's good. Mm -hmm. I love that question. You know, like who do you, what do you think about Jesus? Yeah. Cause it's really non-threatening. It's not like I'm in a position where I'm going to teach you now. I'm literally genuine in wanting to know what, where you've landed and you can say anything. I'm not going to say you're wrong, you know, right off the bat. If you say, well, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm, I think he was just a guy type of thing. Like this is where Doug had, had a lot of really cool things to say about how he, and so Doug, if uh, just from, from last podcast, he has a starting point small group where they put questions up on the board and it's basically everything's in play. So whatever questions you want to ask, put it up there. And he said, sometimes he starts it by putting up a question and that kind of, you know, yeah. breaks the ice a little bit and somebody else is like, okay, I'm, I'm more willing to ask my question now. Cause I'm not going to feel, you know, stupid or whatever. That's a harsh word to say because nobody, none of us would ever think somebody's stupid for asking a question, right? Like that's, right. I don't think that's I don't think that's ever a thing. Is like it's good that you're asking questions. It's good to ask questions if you don't know the answer. And a lot of times, I've had people. Uh, I mean, sitting in the green room back here with the band, sometimes there will be a question that's asked, and it's like, I mean, Gerilyn, you and I are on staff here. Mm -hmm. Do we know the answer to all the questions? Obviously, no. I'm, just oh. kidding. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, we do not. I do not know the answer to all. We do not. We do not. But even and there's even been times where it's like I've asked I've asked questions to pastors and they're just kind of like I'm not sure. Like I let me I got to look into that. And it's like right. yeah, th there is so much. <laughs> you don't know everything. No one knows everything. There's so much. There's going to be something that you're going to have to go look into for yourself. And that's just I mean that's that's one way that I'm always like with people. I'm like hey. I'm not going to know everything. There's questions I'm asking too. Just ask your questions. Like, and if I, if I don't know the answer to your question, I'm going to, I'm going to go right. search it out, right. you know? Well, and I love, uh, Doug brought this up too, where you really can demonstrate there are questions that I have now that I'm still wrestling with mm -hmm. because I'm not satisfied with the answers that people are giving me. So we, I, I talked just recently with a group of people where I was like, we have this hubris that in order to know or believe something, we just need to be able to like state the facts like two plus two equals four mm -hmm. but you can know the correct answer or the biblical answer or the sound doctrine answer and still have questions about God that you're like oh that just still doesn't quite sit right with me and I think that like you were saying that's a good thing for um, new believers to see and that's a good transition what what kinds of things in your experience with uh, students on campus are really good ways that you can care for these people who are in this zone um, and not just be totally focused on like, how do we get you to stage four? You know, type of thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think people are, well, I guess it depends. I think a lot of times we're really keen to jump to the end mm -hmm. when really it's the slow, quiet process of the journey of, of getting, and it's like we never really arrive, but I think it's important to not skip over important parts of our development as people. And so I think when you're a leader looking at a new believer, you can be like, well, I just want to rush them to the end and get them all the way over here. And it's like, well, that might not be actually the best thing. And then if you're a new believer, sometimes people think, oh, I'm just where I need to be, which is also not good. And then sometimes mm -hmm. other people are like, I'm ready now to lead everybody. And it's like, okay, maybe, <laughs> maybe not so much. So um, I forget the question, but yeah, I think understanding that it takes time to like develop our relationship with Jesus and be like spiritually mature and be able to grow. It just takes time. And so, um, yeah. And can you repeat the question? No, too? Well, yeah. you're, you're giving me an <laughs> mm -hmm. answer that reminds me of an analogy that has always been meaningful to me. We're asking, you know, what's a way that you can care for people in this stage? Mm -hmm. Not necessarily. We'll transition in a second to what are ways that we can encourage them to yes. like cast vision mm -hmm. for them. And I love that you're saying, you know, we have to be 
um, discerning in that because it's not just mm-hmm. across the board that you want to be like you should read your Bible every day. <laughs> you know, like we have to we have to meet people where they're at and mm-hmm. and then, then get some discernment about what are the right ways to prompt them forward. But I love um, the fact that fire um, needs fuel, oxygen, and space. That if you mm-hmm. don't if you don't give them a fire enough space for something to happen, then you're not going to get a fire. And so we can't smother these people. Uh, expecting them to catch fire and grow. What we can do, though, is create space, which is often really hands off. It's just Mm -hmm. giving them something and being like, what do you want to do with this? Yeah. (laughs) Well, and I think, too, especially I'm thinking of people who are like really new believers and they've just like they're like, I've just committed my life to Christ. And then a lot of times either other people expect this of them or maybe they expect this of themselves to just automatically have that come with all the like character and like mm. behavior that like you're quote unquote like supposed to do as a Christian mm. and they expect that they're just going to jump into that. And I'm like, that actually takes like heart change first. Like we need yeah. to. Or that they think their life is just going to be fixed. Yeah. Like, like yeah, yeah. Like everything's mm-hmm. going to be fine now. No more problems. It's like, yeah. that's not quite how it works. Right. Yeah. And so a lot of times when I, and this is, I would say probably this category is a lot of students that I work with because, um, they like want to be close to God and they are like curious about how like, they're like, what does the Bible say about X, Y, and Z and doing all these things. But it's really like you need intimacy with God first in order to have the character follow it. You know, you can't just like be like, well, I'm going to do all these things with no heart. It just isn't really, it's really empty that way. So um, I've always thought focusing on like an intimate life with God first Mm -hmm. as a new believer is a really good first step because that's where it all begins. And that's mm-hmm. like where our hearts actually change. And that's where we see transformation later and mm-hmm. the bigger picture. So, um, which is easier said than done. Right. <laughs> so there's a lot of different things that I've done to help guide students through that. But I've always thought of that as like a really good way to look at like your life with Christ first. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. I love, yeah. I'm like, I need to just sit with that person. That's so good. Yeah. We'll be back in just a moment. <laughs> Geraldine is gonna sit We're going to go reflect. Thought. I need to just sit with it. Here's a word from your sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> but I think so often you've got people that do jump, jump into behavior modification mm-hmm. and that can be rough for new believers also. Cause a lot of, um, a lot of people even more mature believers have a misconception about the Bible, that the Bible is about behavior mm-hmm. modification. That's what yeah. it's for. It's telling you what to do and how to change your life and make it better. But um, even mature question, I'm sure Brett would even say he still wrestles with the temptation to think like, I got to earn it. I got to perform. I mm-hmm. got to um, figure things out. And so I would love to talk to the person that's completely beyond that right. because I, I don't know, like I, I can't figure out, I mean, I have a, I have a feel like I have a very good grasp on the fact that, you know, what? it doesn't matter if I'm how good I am. That's not what's getting me into heaven. Right. That's right. not my, I mean, the, the good works thing. It's, it's great to be a good person and help people and all that. Don't get me wrong. But like, if you're not making the eternal difference, like where it doesn't really matter. Right. So like if I'm, if I'm going to church, if I'm marking off the boxes, right? Like checking off the box, like going to church, I'm tithing. I'm whatever the other the boxes are. <laughs> <laughs> I still have a great understanding that that's not what's going to get me into eternal glory with Christ, right? Like that's right. not that's not what's going to do it. But I still find myself being like, I don't know, if I whatever it is, like if, if I find myself in a place where I'm just like, oh my gosh, I really need to do better at that. Otherwise, I'm not going to not going to get there. You know, Christ is going to return right now and I'm not going to get to go because I'm, you know, I wasn't good enough this week, you know, kind of like a Santa Claus kind of thing. And I, if there's somebody that completely can, can brush that off and not have to worry about that at all, I want to talk to them and be like, (laughs) how did you do it? Because 
I completely believe and understand that me going to church is not what's going to get me into heaven. But I still have that in the back of my mind of just being like, man, I said some words the other day that I really shouldn't have said. And now uh, I I'm, I got to figure out how to make up for that, you know, like because otherwise, otherwise I'm not going to get to go, you know, like that kind of thing. I catch myself like that sometimes. And it's like it's embarrassing because I'm just kind of like, oh, my gosh, that's not Shoot. the point. <laughs> and I know that's not the point. Come on, Garrett. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Totally. That was my rant. I like your rant. <laughs> I think so many people that are coming into a new relationship with Christ, like there is no context for that. We, like that's what part of what makes the gospel so powerful is that it's not. There's nothing like it. There's no other religion that is going to suggest the kind of um, grace, but also promise of transformation as well. So we want to be really careful, and I think you would say this too, just that you. Uh, don't put a new believer in a position to fall into what so many other religions and cults and um, even our our secular world. It's like you have to do X Y Z to earn X Y Z. That's that's just programmed within us. And there's some good about that because that's we have we're image bearers of God. I think some of that is there. But um, but yeah, you don't want to get people where they just are like, oh, I'm just slapping Jesus sticker on my mm -hmm. old habits type of thing. Yeah. A Jesus sticker on my it's old like, habits. It's, it's like a band-aid <laughs> version, you know. I think it's tempting to do that. I mean, and all these things I say too, I feel like we I even need that as right. a not new believer, you know. It's like giving advice to my current self as like even as someone who's been a Christian for a long time and I work in ministry, I'm like these are all true for me too. Yeah. Yeah. Like I can often like I think anyone can get stuck in more of a behavior modification mm -hmm. mindset and it's like always going back to Jesus and being like what is the heart what is the heart behind God and do, does my heart line up with God's? And that's really where I think people can see Jesus later. Mm -hmm. So if like, if a new believer wants to be an example of Christ, it's like, well, it all starts there. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and I love what you were saying before too, that you want to not skip past straight to just the external evidence of heart change, mm -hmm. because when you uh, create space for God to write his laws on your heart, then the motives that you are exercising when you actually do these things that are very Christ-like are going to be, you know, he, he, Christ talks so much about, I care about what's inside. You got to yes. inject the ink in the cotton ball and the inside <laughs> first. I don't care about the outside. And so, yeah, he talks so much about that. And that's something we, like, we go through a lot of gospels, um, in, uh, university. Like mm. we spend a lot of time in like Mark and I'm always amazed at God's looking at like, there's all like the tax collectors and the sinful people. And then there's like the Pharisees and the Pharisees are the religious leaders and they just do everything on the outside. Like there's mm -hmm. no heart change. It's mm -hmm. just for looks. And they're like, yeah, we give all this money away and we do everything right. But God's like, but I'm chilling with the tax collectors and having dinner with them yeah. and they don't look like they're doing anything right. And it's, it's just and very you, Don't powerful. you want to ask why? Like why oh, is yeah. Jesus having dinner with the tax collectors yeah. and, and with the, the lowly fishermen and not the... Right. Not the Pharisees, not the the dudes that are the the head of the religious committee, yeah, or community. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, they're probably they're head of both. Probably, I'm like, yeah, he <laughs> yeah, calls them so. out so much to the point where I'm like, oh my goodness, this is really serious. And so that's why I always go back to intimacy with Christ first because I'm like, that's really where it's, it's where all it's where all of it's gonna happen. You know, right. that's where 
Jesus is. So, and that's where we're going to abide in Mm -hmm. in all the stages going forward too. Mm -hmm. I think the, just like, I'm trying to remind myself, like, how is three different from all the other stages? Because we keep saying things (laughs) like this in all the things. Do you both, uh, as a question for both of you, do you see people skipping this stage from going from seeker to follower and not really going through this stage at all as something that can be like damaging? I would, I would say, I would almost ask the same question. Like I would love to meet a Christian who became a Christian and then was able to exercise like very visible actions of following Jesus every single day from that moment on. I'm I do, sure there's I, somebody that I'm sure there is. Yeah. Has. Right. Like right. there's mm-hmm. been dramatic change like that. Right. I mean, like, we see that with the disciples even. Right. Exactly. And it's like, mm-hmm. obviously you want to come to a follower stage as soon as you possibly can. Um, but, but that has to be supernaturally influenced Mm -hmm. and I think that that would be a good thing for us to remember is like when I'm thinking about caring for a new believer I'm really talking about people who say they believe in Jesus but there isn't necessarily uh, a parallel between that and evidence of it in their life so that there might be tiny Mm -hmm. ways that they are following Jesus but I think in the stage four, you don't see people perfectly following Jesus. But as soon as you see somebody who's like, okay, what does it look like for me to follow Jesus today? And and they're they're thinking about that consistently and they're feeling convicted about specific ways that they're falling short of being like him. And I think that's a but language. But not convicted in like a bondage type of way. Not at all. That's and the, not d- a That's what a lot of people way. feel like. I mean, that's where I think people miss it is like they feel, and I, I'm guilty of this too, where you kind of feel in bondage to the rules. Right. Versus mm-hmm. instead, just because Christ is in your heart, your life is dramatically changed. So then you're convicted in a way that you're going to change your your habits because you're free from the bondage of sin. Well, and I think it's kind of like, it's not becoming a Christian is way less like a beauty pageant and way more like a battle. Like you, <laughs> <laughs> I love these, the Jesus, the this bumper is, sticker, whatever you said, analogy. and now the beauty pageants. I love it. Good but images, it's like, yeah. you're, not, you're not just trying to be able to like strut out on the stage and be deemed Christ-like, you know, <laughs> like, but you know what I mean? When you're in battle and when you're like, okay, I want to, your I want analogies to follow. are better than mine. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll let you finish your sentence now. (laughs) I want to follow Jesus. What does that look like? That is going to be evident and it's going to be something Mm -hmm. you can see daily. It doesn't mean though that they're perfect soldiers that like march in time and do everything exactly like their leader that they're following. It just means that they're, they're, you know, they're trying to keep up there and they're fighting for his goals. The goal is not to be, you know, a 10 out of 10 on some cool stage, but the goal is to win more troops to win more people and to defeat the the enemies that oppose Christ yeah it makes me wonder if maybe more of us are in this new believer stage than like we think yeah you know it's like yeah if we're really honest with ourselves it's like where are we at with Christ right. and it's like maybe we're leading a small group and it's like actually I kind of resonate with the people in my group and like I think that's okay yeah but to be honest about that I think is important too of like where am I really? <laughs> what about leading too early? Because like we're, talk- we're talking right. about skipping that some too. stages, right? I mean, mm-hmm. there's people that we've seen that it's like, oh, that person wasn't wasn't ready yet to be doing that because now you see mm-hmm. them, not that they've got any bad intentions, but it's just kind of like they weren't ready to be a leader of the seeker and a yeah. leader of the new believer, you know? Mm-hmm. I want to chew on what it might look like to rename stage free stage free (laughs) stage three as you might have seasons of that in your walk with the lord Mm -hmm. where i do think there's people that they were very evidently following christ and it's not that they 
completely abandon their faith or anything like that, but they do go through a period of time where they're like, I'm not sure, you know, I'm not sure that this is how I want to live my life. I think maybe I would like to live my life a different, following a different commander type of thing. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't say it that way, obviously. (laughs) But what what does it look like to maybe oscillate between uh, three and four stage? Or is that possible? Maybe it's not scriptural to think you can oscillate. Maybe you only progress forward. I think people, like life is hard and it's very nuanced in a way where it's like, I think you can you can have spiritually hard times in your life where you're like, maybe, but maybe that's like, maybe the maturity in that is being able to identify, like, uh, I can't lead right now. Like, mm. I'm not in a good place spiritually, so actually I'm going to choose to kind of work on that. <laughs> and yeah. then when I when I am ready to be, I don't know, go to stage four, they wouldn't probably say that. But when I, when I am ready and to lead again, I will when I'm spiritually healthy. And so maybe as a follower being in that stage, maybe it's not necessarily going backwards, but it's mm-hmm. uh, being able to identify your spiritual health and have like the maturity to say that and not lead if you're not ready, you know? And I think there's, I think we all have seasons in our life where we struggle to connect with God, even though we've already like committed our lives to God. And I think that's very real. So yeah, I think it just depends too. Like, cause if we don't acknowledge that either, then Christians later can be like, well, I'm struggling. That must just mean I've totally lost and like, it's just right. not worth it. And I'm like, no, it's totally worth it. We just have to keep pushing forward and like being able to recognize that in yourself too. That's really well said. Mm-hmm. I really like how you're saying that. And I think it's too, it's good for us to be reminded of what this is even for. Like we're not, mm-hmm. you know, slapping <laughs> stage <laughs> stickers on people either. It's as small group leaders, what does it look like to have this grid that you sort of bring into your group so that not so that you can sort of put people into categories that presume things, but so that you can very quickly shift your brain and be like, oh, these are practical things that I could say to this person. Mm -hmm. And so with that, what does it look like if you've identified that someone is in a stage where it seems like they have landed that Christ is the person that they would like to follow, but there's some sort of evidence that that is not something that they are making any kind of priority in their life not even just like top priority there's the it doesn't line up with how they're living Mm -hmm. what are some practical things that we can do to encourage them to um, move forward or back to a follower follower stage yeah I always love starting in one of the gospels so to really look at who is Jesus because I think if you don't know who Jesus is it's going to be really hard to follow him because it's like, who are you following and why does this matter? And why, why does he resonate so deeply with so many people and actually transform people? And if you don't know that, it's like, great, it's going to be really hard to follow him. So um, I think starting off with like really just looking at the life of Jesus and looking at that and trying to understand more of who Jesus is, is a really great place to start. Um, Especially if people don't know anything about the Bible. I really love the Bible Project videos on YouTube. They're so good. And they kind of give a bigger context to the Bible. Because it's really hard to just, if you're a new believer, to just pick up a Bible and be like, I'm going to read this. And you're like, actually, there's a bunch of genealogies in here. And like a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense. But like getting some context to the bigger story of the Bible. Mm -hmm. And then how Jesus fits into that is a really helpful really helpful place to start and people can do that at home you know they can watch videos at home and then if you're a small group leader it's like you can look at short snippets of like mark or john or whatever and look at jesus's life and start to build like a an image of jesus and who he is so that's that's where i would start if you maybe know nothing or you're like very new yeah 
I love the idea. It seems super simple to be able to pull up this like three minute video and text it to someone and just be like, hey, based off of our conversation the other day, I thought this might be something that mm -hmm. would resonate with you. And it's not hard for them to, you know, that's an easy thing to just pull up on your phone and read for three minutes. Yeah. Listen to. Yeah. Watch. Goodness. <laughs> Whatever it it's is. It's all of them. You I watch, you listen. All the things. There's also words <laughs> yes. so you can yeah. read. <laughs> the cartoons also in those videos Although if you send hilarious. me something to read, I'm probably not going to read it. <laughs> I'm not, I don't like reading. Send me something to listen to or watch and I'll, yeah. I'm, I learn better that way, you know? But if I, I'm reading it, I'm just so distracted the whole time reading it. I got to read it like nine times. You got to just be able to Not a good reader. <laughs> Noted. Next <laughs> week, we talk about how to read. And <laughs> Gerilyn will be walking us through those steps. You slap a reading sticker a re on your brain. Reader. <laughs> um, yeah, I was just going to say with the project videos, the Bible project videos, the cartoons are so funny. I mm -hmm. wanted to just make sure everybody heard that yeah. because Garrett was rambling when I said that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I ramble a lot. I do too. Is there anything else you want to wrap up with on this one? I think this is great. So I'm next really week excited. we we are to the follower next week, stage four. Uh, yeah. Who's our who's our guest next week? Lou, who I'm so excited to welcome her. Were you not excited for Jess? Uh, I mean, my oh, excitement no, she for did Jess say that last week. Compared. She said that last week. <laughs> Jess, I'm so excited. I think she says it every week, so it makes it wow. extra special. <laughs> So. Garrett doesn't want to feel special today, even though it's his birthday. Yeah. The good thing is, is I have an edit button here. And I don't no. <laughs> leave it in. I'm going to Great. Be so stage, I'll leave it in. I don't like to take stuff out. I like to, I like to leave the flaws. Yeah. Stage four next week. So uh, next Friday, we'll be posting stage four. This is, uh, be, be sure to come to church this week. And we've got Mother's Day. So um, it's going to be uh, really cool because Kiki is going to be sharing the message this weekend. She hasn't done that in a while, but Kiki really, she's great, great communicator. She does a good job every time she does it. Uh, so yeah, come on down Mother's Day, normal service time still. Um, I think we're going to have a lot of fun this weekend. And then stage four next week on the podcast. Jess, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me.